0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and more. Follow Elliot in the Morning everywhere social at EITM Online.
1: Please say hello to Mr. Billy Corgan. Billy! Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. Um, I will tell you, you guys are back and back in a big way. That's for sure. Ah, uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let me let me start with this, Billy. So when when everybody heard there was a new Pumpkin single coming, and I, I mean this in the kindest way, I don't know that anybody really knew what to expect in terms of. It's not like there's the same formula every time the the the, the Pumpkins put a, a new song out or a new record out. But dude, I love the song. I love, and I know you've heard it a hundred times. I love the guitar in the song.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a, a new guitar that I designed with a company called Reverend. I love the sound, and it got me inspired to play heavy guitar again. So,
1: is that yeah. just is that just kind of a phase you go through where it's like I want to, like I I kind of want to go heavy guitar again?
2: Yeah, I definitely go through phases. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little bit, I, I I would agree with that. And, but what what kicks you into that phase? Is there anything specific
2: that makes you go like, you know what, it's time? No, it's just inspiration. It's like whatever gets you kind of motivated and gets you excited. After you played music for about 40 years, which is an amazing thing in itself, you have to find new things to say or you're just kind of repeating yourself. And I always found that kind of boring. If In other artists that I love, I want, I want them to say new stuff.
1: Right. So that's why you were like, you know what, we're not going to say anything the same. So I'm going to put out 33 new songs <laughs> over
2: three records. Damn, dude, you had a lot to write about. Well, there was this thing called a pandemic and I was stuck at home for a while. So I just kind of went with it.
1: Well, you wrote 33 more songs during the pandemic than I did. So I'll give you credit for that. That's for sure. Hey, what is the but the approach to putting it out, Billy, is it's 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 a it's a rock opera. It's three different release dates of three different acts. What is the is there is there a thumbnail explanation of 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 why
2: it's being done that way? Sure. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I think it's a bit of uh, it's a lot of music for people to consume at once. So I think if you just dump it all out there, things are going to get missed um, or people will make knee jerk reactions like, oh, it's this or it's that. And I thought by kind of spreading out the releases a little bit, it'll give people time to digest it a bit. And
1: um, I did like where I saw something where you said, you know, a lot of people these days will say less is more. Uh, Billy Corgan, (laughs) far from that, far from that. No, more is more in this world. The, no, but you're right. If you just said, you know what, it's release day, here's 33 songs, yes, people would get through them, but you're right. It would song By the time I got to song 28, song
2: 2 seems like it was, I don't want to say forever ago, but it was hours ago. It's a lot to take in. Even when I sit down and listen to the whole record, which I have a few times, I'm like, wow, this is a lot of music. <laughs> How,
1: um, and the, the, the other part that, that kind of goes with the, with the release, it's already started and the, the release dates are laid out very, very smart is through your podcast, you're releasing a track where you really deep dive into the song. So each song gets its own attention through the podcast. And then obviously there's the act one release. 11 weeks later, there's the act two release.
2: I thought that was a really smart way to go about it. It's fun. Actually, we've uh, put out a couple episodes already. We have more coming, obviously. And uh, it's kind of fun to talk about music for a change. I'm so used to trying to talk about my music through a journalist um, who has an agenda 99% of the time. What a surprise. The media has an agenda. Right. So the opportunity just to talk to people directly about this is why we do what we do. This is how we worked to get here. It's really actually kind of fun. I enjoy it.
1: I will say this. So I listened to, I listened to the podcast. And the thing that is, I mean, it's it's impressive when you start really, really digging into the writing and what's going on, it, it is very impressive. But when you start to lay out the story, because it is a rock opera, right? And so when you start to lay out visually what the story is and then... The music to goes, that goes with it, and I don't know if it's a case of you wrote all this music and then the story was there, or if somewhere in your head you had this whole vision for what the story would be and then wrote the music and the, and, and the songs to go with it, but to listen to you lay out the, the, the bits and pieces, not the bits and pieces, but what the, what the actual story is, I'm like, wow, Billy not only writes songs and music, but you wrote a whole goddamn show.
2: <laughs> well, I love the idea of um, trying to change the way concerts are held. I love a good rock show. Like the show we're playing tonight is just a good old fashioned rock show. Right. But I also like the challenge of trying to put on a kind of a three hour, um, you know, like the wall or something, which blew my mind when I saw Roger do it a few years ago. So I love, I when I was writing this, I kept thinking I want to stay just like at the Beacon Theater in New York. Right. I, I want somebody to come in be a little dressed up and sit back and just enjoy a show in a different way, like you would a long, cool movie or something. You know, and the other thing that I like, Billy, is the the, the guys that you do the podcast with.
1: One of them was, uh, was was talking to you, and you said, one of the things that the band has always liked to do, whether, whether it's you individually or, or it's the Pumpkins a, as a whole, is to take risks. And that could mean failure. That could mean we fall flat on our face. But if we're not risking anything going into it, then why even do it?
2: I'm not a fan of rock and roll as a safe business. Um, I grew up with '60s artists who said things politically, socially, sexually that really challenged boundaries. I remember when I saw an interview in 1974 where they were talking about David Bowie being bisexual or something. It was this big controversy and stuff. I think artists should push the boundaries, and it's not a bad thing. Did that? Um,
1: and I mean, I know the answer is yes. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of pushed you. Or maybe it's maybe it's media has kind of pushed you at times where where, where some people would go like, oh, there's Corrigan again. But you're comfortable with that.
2: Uh, actually, I'm not that comfortable with. It. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I think it's um, uh, I think it's an evolution like anything. When I was young, I just didn't mind being brash to get attention. Right. You know, you're just the brat in the back of the classroom. Right then it became kind of a thing and I was like, okay, you're going to challenge me intellectually. I'm going to take you on. And, and a lot of writers who write for rock magazines are not, uh, let's, let's just say Einstein wasn't their grandfather, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, then it becomes, but then it becomes a thing like, oh, you're that guy. Um, here's a weird thing. I would do an interview with somebody for 60 minutes at the end, they would kind of wipe their brow and say, Oh, that went well. And I would kind of laugh like what? And they'd say, Oh, you're, you're, you know, you're notorious interview. And I'm glad you were nice to me. You know, like I got a rep. <laughs> um, at <laughs> this point, I, I don't want to be that guy. I just want to talk about music. And, right. Like, I don't know if you know, like where I live in uh, Chicago, North of Chicago, there's a mass shooting on July 4th. My tea house was a block away. We were sure. part of the crime scene. And when you go through stuff like that, you, and you see what people deal with like on a day-to-day level, bad economy not, right now, what people are really struggling with, people j- with jobs. I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I want to make people happy. Were you like, like you mentioned
1: 60 Minutes and stuff like that. And when they would go like, whew, that went well with Billy. <laughs> like, did you know that you had the reputation of being oh, yeah. a dick? Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh okay.
2: <laughs> there's, a, there's a weird thing that I've had my whole life where if you think I'm a bad guy, I'm going to be a really bad guy. And if you think I'm a nice guy, I'll probably be a nicer guy than I probably really am.
1: All right. You know what? <laughs> I've always thought you to be a nice guy, so I'll take it. I have no problem with that. Hey, go back to for a second. I did I was gonna bring it up a little bit later, but since you since you mentioned it, let's go there. The 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 performance that you put together and the fundraiser that you put together um for Highland Park was really I, I first of all, I thought I thought it was a great idea. And you're right, it's home for you, you live there. Um, you brought some friends in with you. Uh, Perry Farrell came in. Bob Moses came in. A bunch of friends came in um, and raised a really, really good amount of money to be able to turn over and, and and help the community. And you're right. You weren't just some musician that was just there. That's your backyard. I thought it was great the, the, the way you put that together.
2: Thank you. It was hard because you're really struggling like the rest of the community to deal with what does this mean? Does it mean people aren't going to live here anymore? Does it mean people are going to shop here anymore? Are we always going to be the town where there was the shooting? Does the act of one person, who, by the way, was from the community, right? does that define this community, which is over 150 years old or something? You know? you, you're struggling with that in real time from the inside. It's not a media story. It's You're in it. You know, like three of the gentlemen that work next door to our shop, um, their father was murdered right in front of them. Um, and one of the gentlemen that works there still has shrapnel in his leg. You know, this is real. You know, so it's like it's not some game, and you're trying to kind of navigate all that. And oh wait, well, so what can you do? Well, you could do what you're really good at, which is what Jimmy Chamberlain said: we should just shut up and play. Right. How is uh, how is the community? I have to say that if if you can find the good out of the bad, it's been incredible. Right. It's it's been incredible. The. the the way people have rallied together and been kind and supportive and people came from all over to be supportive. It's been very humbling and really beautiful.
1: But isn't that kind of who we are though, Billy is when there is, when there is something bad that happens in, in your community or, or, or a neighboring community where the initial reaction is anger. The, the initial reaction is you're pissed. Um, but you always do manage to, and maybe it's just part of the healing process is to find the, the good pieces of it the positive pieces of it and the kind of come together and i don't know if celebrate is the right word or maybe console together mm-hmm. but to find those good pieces
2: america has a very interesting ability to kind of rise to challenges <laughs> you wouldn't know it by looking at us at certain days but no th- um. no you're absolutely right but
1: there but there is a a little bit of peace that goes along going you know what if if crap gets really bad we will do that again, and we'll continue to do that. I think there's something really nice
2: about that. I, as I've grown older in America, I've come to really appreciate the good part of America. There's certainly a lot of, of America that's hard to navigate. Um, but at the root of it, I really believe that Americans, and when you become an American, that doesn't matter where you're from or who you are or who you love it. You've, you've accepted that this is a land of incredible opportunity, and when you kind of take that on and really lean into the community part of that, it it really is a great place.
1: All right, let's switch gears. Let's get back to, uh, let's get back to some music. Um, tonight club show at Irving Plaza. Um, I know that you had another club show earlier this week. Is it fun getting on stage and just jamming? I mean, listen, you guys are used to playing stadiums, arenas, um, to play a thousand people and just watch them go nuts that close to you again.
2: I'm, I'm good with any crowd, you know, um, There's different dynamics, although they're not like they used to be. In the 90s, when we would play a show like that, we'd do a ton of deep cuts and kind of jam more. Right. Um, Social media has really changed the dynamics where people, even at club shows, sort of expect a similar set list. So uh, we do jam a bit more when we play in smaller places, but it's sort of a weird balance between a big show and a small show these days where back in the day it was definitely a small show was a small show. In terms of what do you mean like a small show was a small show? I don't know that I understand that. People would be so excited just to be in the room, they were kind of tolerant of whatever you wanted to try to do. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> in essence, you're trying to kind of create a moment that is only of the club show. I gotcha. I if gotcha. I went on stage the other night and I didn't play seven of the famous songs, somebody would be on social media complaining.
1: There goes Corgan <laughs> back to being a dick again. See? See, you we all came that. here. We you all came that. here and we'll play a goddamn thing that I want to hear. <laughs> That's how it is. Um, and then, but now behind that, so there, there's the uh, Irving Plaza show, but then then there comes the Arena show um, with you and Jane's Addiction going out. Obviously, you and Perry Farrell know each other very well. That's a nice coming together for a nice run
2: of, uh, nice run of shows. I love it because I think it's a rare opportunity, especially for young people, to see two truly classic alternative bands kind of go at it each night. It's not a dynamic you see every day is what I'm trying to say.
1: And go back to go back to autumn for a second, and once the three are out, like you mentioned, you'd love to stage it at like the beacon or 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 kind of a venue like that. You think you'd pull that
2: off? oh yeah the the plan is to um do the show, so it would be like a theater, you'd act one, act two, act three, but there's six or seven different characters in the musical, so I wouldn't sing all the songs so you'd have special guests come in, and this one would sing it, or that one would sing it Yeah, so like. It's pumpkins with Gerard Way and Youngblood and you know, Poppy. You know, I know I didn't no one's committed to that. I'm just talking. So <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was like, holy crap, I gotta call Youngblood real quick <laughs> see if he can hook me up with tickets.
1: That would be but I mean, Billy, that's way down the road, correct? I think people
2: have to kind of wrap their head around the album first and we'll see.
1: Um Act One will be out uh November 15th, Act Two will be out January thirty-first, act three will be out April the twenty-first. Uh, and it's Autumn Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Hey, uh, one more thing before I let you jump. I want to go back to uh, the podcast for a second. Um, where did you see a UFO? New Orleans, actually. Did you really?
2: Yeah, 1994. What was the, uh, what was the setup where you saw, the, uh, saw a UFO? Uh, one of the band members said, there's a UFO outside my hotel room uh, window, come look. And the window was facing the bay of uh, New Orleans, I guess, uh, the Gulf and uh, yeah there was just this ufo and it was there for 30 minutes
1: 30 minutes
2: yeah no no joke honestly it was it was wild you didn't whip out no phone or anything no i said it was 94, 94 oh okay, okay. <laughs> Damn it. i got in my time machine i went back to 94 i filmed a clip for you that you can post on your social media Come on, you're famous. You had a phone
1: back then, please. The, um, wow, that, you know, the other thing that I did like that you said, though, in the uh, when, when you guys were briefly talking about having seen a, a UFO, and it has to do with kind of the story behind the whole uh, uh, um, rock opera and the whole thing is how, how it all came up. Um, but you were talking about, like, oh, you know, maybe they don't want to be seen until, like, they're just waiting until they want us to see them. I kind of like that because I want to believe – unlike you, I didn't get the – I've never had a 30-minute experience with a UFO, but I like that reasoning as to why we haven't seen them yet.
2: If you kind of accept the idea that they're advanced technologically because they should if they can kind of fly in our skies like that, especially at hypersonic speeds, then – They've obviously made the decision not to come and invade us. <laughs> right. All right. That's fair. That's a good point. Um, Autumn,
1: Act One, November 15th. Obviously, you can uh, get song-by-song song releases and go really in-depth. By the way, the uh, David Bowie piano
2: guy is fascinating. I could listen to that guy tell stories forever. Yeah, Mike Garson, amazing. Can I, can I blow your mind real quick? Okay, yeah, go ahead. So You have I, video of the UFO. No. <laughs> Just uh, found it. God damn it, <laughs> Billy. Um, the box set of Autumn actually has 10 more songs, so it's actually 43 songs. All right, so I get that. When, does, when do I get the box set, Billy? You have to pre-order on MadamZuzu's.com. That's my tea house in Highland Park. All right, I will and, do uh, that today. So you get 10 extra songs there.
1: The um, And um, as recommended by Billy, you should uh, have CBD gummy bears while you listen to the music. <laughs>
2: That's my that's my line for any of my friends when they get off the reservation. I'm like too many gummies. All right, dude. Uh, Again, Smashing Pumpkins tonight. Ninety two free
1: show at Irving Plaza. Uh, Act one of autumn will be out November the 15th. The 33 podcast. Hey, Billy, I appreciate the time. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. my friend. This
0: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?